1: What is up, roller Grinders? NFL Pick Six Show Week Number Nine, Sponsored by Thrive, Usual Suspects, Two of the Best, Two of The Sharpest Minds at all of DFS, All of Fantasy Football. Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle, four for four, and Bet Spurts. Uh Daigle, man, we got a 10 gamer this week. Ten games. 10. We're down to 10. A lot of teams on by. Uh, some good teams on by. Well, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, Giants, Sam Fran, Pittsburgh. But the bigger deal is, uh, you know, no quarterbacks again, or not no quarterbacks. We're missing some of our prize quarterbacks because Thursday night, Philadelphia versus Houston. Sunday night, Tennessee versus Kansas City. Baltimore versus Saints on Monday night. Of course, we talk main slate, but that means no Jalen Hurts, no Pat Mahomes, no Lamar Jackson. All right. Um, Just want to get that out there. People understand the lay of the land as far as this slate. They should know. It's it's, It's week nine. You're probably not tuning in for the first time. What's up, Dagle? How are uh, our things in your world? Do you want to? Do you have any thoughts as far as the, the trades? Anything that's going to impact uh, week ten, week week ten, week nine? We care about this week and this week only. It's DFS. Um, yeah. Any overarching thoughts as far as the trades? I felt like a really busy trade deadline.
2: It was busy in the sense that people call themselves busy because they don't account for time. It, uh, things happened i i really don't think many of them mattered the defensive <laughs> trades actually were probably the most impactful honestly so uh yeah it was it was an interesting day and another week last week in dfs where a combination of the 50 plus percent chalk and sprinkled in single digit players hits uh, on DraftKings in most small field and large field tournaments, it was a combination of Garrett Wilson, the Millie Maker threw in Garrett Wilson and Tyler Conklin, no Zach Wilson, no Patriots run back. So it just has seemed to be every single week. I think Reeves hinted at this last week too. Uh, the chalk and whatever combination, whatever single digit player you can throw in there. So we'll keep learning. We keep growing.
1: Yeah, uh, Rich, the Galaxy Brainers—they're uh, having a rough season, man. It's—it's not—it's not working out for them. Yeah, it's the GPP Bros, yeah, it's not been good. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure. But the thing is, though, when you're a GPP Bro, when you're a Galaxy Brainer, all you gotta do is like, look, you hit one week, you hit, then you make up for yep. all the losses. That's and that's like, I know I'm kind of making a joke about it, but it's actually true. Like, you just hit that one week, and who cares? You're supposed to lose. The, the, the thing is set up to lose money. There's also a rate. There's still ten weeks left, too. Uh, the GP Bros can fight back. You just
3: need that one, right? That's like you said. You just you just need to hit that one. Yeah, AJ,
2: AJ Brown wasn't even in like large field wins. You didn't even need him last week because of what running backs allowed you to do. It allowed you to pay uh, mediocre wide receivers that also got there. So yeah, it's just been a it's been a wild year. Yeah, listen, eight people
3: scored three touchdowns last week. So. Yeah. Uh, the, ch- you know, the chalk
2: combined for non touchdowns at running backs. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean it was it was a wild week, man. But yep. it was
2: fun. Listen,
1: we've been complaining about scoring for seven weeks, so we can't we can't yep. push back on it when we finally Agreed. had touchdown score. So this time last week, I was thinking, man, I hate this slate, and then I don't like I don't like my lineups. But when Sunday finally rolled around, if you guys are listening to uh, listening to us on the recording, you know, this is Wednesday night. We do it Wednesday night. Thanks for those that are listening live there on the YouTube. Kind of hit that like button. Do subscribe, turn on those notifications. You got to subscribe just to watch the NBA shows, watch us tilting. You know, I'm surely there's some crossover. All the sports, uh, subscribe here to the DRG channel. But the point I'm making here, Rich, is like last week, finally, when Sunday rolled, Sunday rolled around, and like it's an information flow that, you know, it's whatever we say on Wednesday can change on a Thursday, can change on a Friday, yada, yada. But I really liked the slate Sunday. So I'm looking at the slate this week, the 10 gamer, Rich. And it's, what has to happen for me to like I don't like it right now. What has to happen for me to like this on Sundays is, is the news flow going to change. It's uh I don't know listen man, I love it. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think there's too many plays. I need to narrow down the plays on this slate. So maybe you guys can help me. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll have that conversation. Maybe John will be just in the middle. He he's just right as far as how he feels about this slate. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't feel good about. Uh, you guys wouldn't know this. You wouldn't understand because you don't watch Red Zone because I don't know. But eight games in the early slate and two? Eight and two
2: is the breakdown?
1: What are we doing? That's ridiculous, yeah. Outrageous, outrageous. I'm going to write an email and a letter.
3: And that, you know, Rams-Buccaneers game definitely is nowhere
1: close to where, you know, people, the schedule makers thought it would be. (laughs) If I told you rams Bucks were playing, you know, two months ago, whatever it was, what would you have put the total on that game? Oh, yeah, like – 52,
2: more yeah. more than 42, yeah.
1: <laughs> I saw the number and I'm like, man, it's that's just like it's 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 depressing. And rightfully,
2: rightfully so. Uh, I understand. Like we're still hoping for a little bit of luck. We think regression maybe will eventually happen for Tom Brady here at this career low touchdown rate. But even after last week, uh, Leonard Fournette didn't have a carry after the first drive of the third quarter, and Todd Bowles after the game came out and said they actually want to work on establishing the run more. This is a team that's. Creating the league's lowest yards before contact. They're just not built to run the ball because their offensive line is so banged up. So, a little bit of disaster in Tampa Bay right now.
1: Yeah. And and John, in a vacuum, you know, we, you know, obviously the pick six show, we pick three games, we focus on three games to break them down from all sorts of angles. You know, if you would have peeked ahead at the schedule and you'd have, you'd have definitely circled like, yeah, we're going to pick LA and, and Tampa. Like, we're talking about that for sure. Uh, that wasn't even like the fourth or fifth or sixth. Uh, well, maybe it was six. I don't know. You tell me as far as our three games we ended up settling on, or you, you picked for us. Man,
2: I, th- there are definitely plays we can play in that game, but we're waiting on Cooper cup. Uh, we need to see any, honestly, chargers Falcons, I think is the one that people may be shocked. I didn't highlight here because we're also waiting on a lot of injuries. And also like the chargers are so bad on run defense. Like we're not here to talk about Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley. Like, let's just, let's just move on. Does the CPAT is back, baby? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe he's back. Yeah. Well, he,
1: he trotted out the tunnel. He said he's good to go. You're, you're not believing it, it was straight from his mouth. You're not maybe it. we
2: maybe we could play CPAT. I don't know. Why uh, not?
1: I guess Atlanta read the rule book uh, last week, and they, they realized you can pass. Did you guys see that? They passed the football.
2: Yeah. The <laughs> That's why K-Kal, K-Kal Pitts' 32% target share really doesn't matter. We're really trying to project if Marcus Mariota is going to throw it 28 times. I mean, still I could get, we
3: still couldn't get a Drake London targets, so. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't have them both at the same time.
1: We still, still can't have our cake and eat it too. That was a wild game. Like, speak, I, I, you know, one of my bigger fades last week was DJ Moore. So, good lord, how tilting was uh, that? You look, I mean, for, honestly, for three quarters,
3: he wasn't there. Yeah, and then he just went nuts at the end of that game. Even dropped a long pass too. He had like a lot, like a twenty yarder. He dropped, and Phil Walker missed him on. uh uh, a, a long one, too. So, I mean, yeah, he could have been could have even worse. But, man, holy moly, what a throw that was. And what a dumb roll uh, the helmet thing is. It yeah. wasn't
2: even – people call it a Hail Mary. It wasn't a Hail Mary. No. Like, it's the Falcons defense was playing too shallow <laughs> on the last play of the game. DJ Moore just beat him under a, a fly route. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, he did – I mean – Bill Parker rolled left
3: against his yep. body and threw that thing 67 yards in the air. Like when he yep. lets it go, DJ Moore is like kind of even with two Falcons and man, no, it's what a throw that was. And
2: it was the uh, most air yards next gen stats charted since they started charting air yards in 2006, 62 yards in a single throw.
3: Yeah. It, it was a hot, man. It was a hot throw. And then yep. Eddie Pinheiro bricked it. A lot of people blame DJ Moore, <laughs> but uh, you know, Listen, if you, I if I catch if I catch a sixty-seven yard bomb, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna be going nuts too. You should. Yeah. Be.
2: <laughs> you gotta you gotta make that field goal the thirty yarder in overtime though. Right. That's right. that's on Panero. You gotta make yeah, that yeah. one. I'm not like a DB
1: coach or anything, but like, how do you let him get behind you? I know it was kind of sort of even, but like, just stand at the goal line. I, I don't know. Well, was it wasn't just... like a Hail Mary. It was the, they were trying to run
3: a real play because there was like 20 seconds left. So they were trying to yeah. run a couple plays. And it was kind of when, when Phil Walker rolled out is when it kind of broke down. You saw the same thing happen with Heineke and Terry McLaurin a little bit uh, at the end of that Colts game, uh, where it was a little bit of scramble drill involved in to do it too. But uh, DJ Moore is going to be back again this week because uh, DraftKings doesn't
1: care about his price. <laughs> and... I feel like it's disrespect. They were disrespecting Walker's arm. I feel like that, that could have been part of it. They just didn't think he could throw it behind them. But maybe I mean, dude, not
3: will just laid it out. Nobody, nobody's made that throw.
1: Yeah, yeah. nobody's
3: <laughs> made
2: that throw. Listen, and in, in a world where we have two decisive teams in both conferences—Eagles, Bills—who are the literally the only contenders in the NFL right now—give me the Panthers. Let's see it happen. Get them to the playoffs. Let's wreak havoc on 22 NFL. That's okay. That was
3: our moment last week. We needed. Him. I was pulling for him. I wanted first place Panthers for
1: sure. Yeah. Is that why you're saying all these trades don't matter? It's going to be the Eagles and the Bills, and that's that? <laughs> I mean, well, the, the Chiefs are pretty good still.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Who's well, that because the trades that? didn't matter. Anybody. No, no one wants to talk about <laughs> Chase Edmonds mixing into three-headed timeshare in Denver. No. Whatever. He got, he got traded, him and Zach Moss, like with fifth and sixth round picks. They were literally afterthoughts. They just threw him in to make the trades even. It's like the fantasy football trade. When that, when their league mate says, I'll take that guy who I'm trying to get and this warm body. Uh, Chase Savage is the warm body who went to Denver.
1: Yeah. It's never too early to really talk about Calvin really's ADP next season, but it handle.
2: is too early, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I was not expected to talk about Dynasty in week nine of the season. People are probably asking. I'm sure they're asking you guys. They, they want
1: to
3: know, right? I imagine that's a,
2: it's a hot topic. Uh, that and James Mitchell or Brock Wright for Dynasty. It's like I was not prepared for this. Oh, listen, well,
3: James Mitchell is a baller. I want to talk about James Mitchell, not for the, particularly this slate, but dude is a wildcat uh, quarterback. I and mean, he was a wildcat quarterback. He played running back. I mean, it's T- Taysom Hill. You guys all love Taysom Hill. Uh, you got James Mitchell now, man. Get
2: excited! Don't, don't say you all. You like <laughs> Taysom Hill too? Just admit
3: it. <laughs> I don't. He stands for everything against the uh, Alvin Kamara <laughs> touchdowns are what I want. We've One got, we got there, there last
2: week. You, you, you believe in the destruction of tight ends in fantasy football, That's though. That's true. Taysom Hill is here to burn it to the ground. He represents all of us. If he's going yeah, to
1: facilitate change, then I'm all for that.
2: Yeah.
1: It's a good segue, by the way, because this is uh, the first game. The first game, a game of the docket is the Green Bay Packers at the Detroit Lions. 49.5 is the total. Packers are three-and-a-half point favorites on the road here in the Dome. Uh, of course, Hawkinson was traded away from Detroit, so – Brock Wright and James Mitchell. I, I've heard of Brock Wright. I don't think I've heard of James Mitchell.
3: He's a I'm rookie, sure.
1: so that's probably why. Okay. Isn't Wright, like, a, does he have some draft capital? I feel like he was, like, a, a relatively high draft pick, or am I wrong in saying that? Uh, no, you
3: probably remember him because I think, like, at this time, at the end of last year when Hawkinson missed, like, the final five or six games, like, he came up a few times probably. Yeah. He never he never did much, but remember Hawkinson was out at the end of last year, so he, got, he had a little bit of burn. Uh, he's like a 4 six forty guy for a big dude uh, i imagine he'll be the the first man up but james mitchell is definitely the dynasty guy that's a lot more fun but you know how we can't really count on fifth round rookie tight ends and like yeah. week nine to like start getting like a burnout here but pretty fun player if you go look at jay mitchell's uh james mitchell's like uh translation from high school to college and what he did uh pretty interesting guy
2: right had a uh I remember right because Silva's high best finish in the spy, top five. He had Brock yes. at Stone Men last year. <laughs> um, and Brock right now has uh three top 13 finishes in his last 12 appearances with the Lions. So he's he spiked a couple games. He still only averaged four and a half fantasy points. Like he's very, very volatile, but what tight end isn't?
1: Yeah, I know I played him before undrafted, by the way. So I was completely thinking somebody else. His uh, player profiler uh, comp is Hayden
2: Hurst. Get
1: excited. Um, All right. Everyone played Hayden
2: Hurst last week, so why the hell not?
1: (laughs) Not Terry Conklin? Uh, So Hmm. the Packers, it's a – what are we doing here, Rich, with with the Packers? Because, like, Rogers is not doing his thing this year, Uh, but theoretically you don't have to, right? Just hand the ball off to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and just run on the Lions, and that's game over. Right? How are they going to score their touchdowns, Uh, 26 as far as their total? Pretty big number for the Packers this week. I don't know what to do with Rodgers. Those receivers kind of stink. (laughs) I I assume we're getting Lazard back this week. We'll see. But how how are you handling the – no, you don't think so? Probably not.
3: Uh, Oh, okay. It was supposed to be multi-week earlier. I know he hasn't practiced yet this week, so stick a pin in it. But uh, it sounded like it was going to be a multi-week injury when he first had it happen, so – uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that, but it is kind of like the elixir, right? Like the lions are really kind of that, that magic fantasy elixir, you know? So if the Packers really can't get there here, like when can we ever trust these guys? Uh, you know, Packers now, they've scored on just 27.6% of their drives ahead of just the Steelers and the commanders. Uh, but opponents have scored on 47% of their drives against the Lions, the highest rate in the league. Everyone seemingly gets there. Uh, so if you were going to play Aaron Rodgers, I guess it would be against the Lions team. that's allowed five QB1 scoring weeks over seven games. They're allowing the highest completion rate in the league, the highest air yards per completed pass in the league, the highest yards per pass attempt, they They're 29th in, uh or 26th in touchdown rate allowed. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to play Rodgers, I mean, I, like you said, D, we always like to have a little QB mobility, and the Slates has a plenty of quarterback plays. So I don't know if we'll get there in Rodgers, but, I mean, if you yeah. can't, find a, a spot for Rodgers this week, uh, you're probably not going to find many spots to want to play him the rest of the way out because the Lions have been that team just to kind of circle for points uh, for any player. You know, whether you have a tight end, you have a running back, you have a wide receiver, uh, just play all your guys against the Lions. Is he done?
1: Rodgers done? You want to call it? ten time? No, I don't think so. No, but what I saw, I saw the uh, underdog report that said Lazard will practice on Wednesday. So, um, but I guess Maybe that doesn't automatically mean he's going to play, obviously. But supposedly, according to floor, he was practicing on Wednesday. But whatever. That's the reason why I assumed he was potentially back. But you guys know better than me. But uh, I guess I that's caught a a bad report. Or maybe that doesn't mean he's going to be playing. Practice is different than actually playing in the game. John, Packers, what do you got?
2: Well, the past two weeks since Aaron Rodgers, who says a lot of things now, but said he wanted to simplify the offense – the offense has run through Aaron Jones. Uh, you even saw that—not so much a report, we saw it live. That Von Miller in the second half, when standing up, when rushing Aaron Rodgers at one point, asked him, "Why aren't y'all passing? You're down by two scores. Like, what's going on here?" <laughs> Miller wouldn't extrapolate on that on Twitch live. He said he didn't want to start anything on that platform. But very clearly, they know like their offense goes as Aaron Jones goes because he is undoubtedly their most explosive player, and. The Texans are the only team that have missed more tackles on running plays than the Lions this year. Uh, Lions have also allowed the fifth highest rate of 10-plus yard runs. Jones as well, a team high 15 targets the past two weeks, and a season-high 24 touches just that last game in that blowout. So I would imagine it's a game where they still engineer the offense, whether they're down by a lot or not, uh, through Aaron Jones. And So that's the player to look at here. Romeo Dobbs is still very interesting, especially if we think – Lazard will be out though because I can't guarantee you Romeo Dobbs will catch the ball. That's don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Like that's <laughs> on you if you play him. That's fine, but nonetheless, it is a terrific matchup for him. Uh, the Lions are the only team allowing a sixty percent completion rate on throws ten yards at least downfield, and Dobbs has seen sixteen targets in that range. He's just only caught seven of them, unfortunately. Uh, the Packers he also led the team with a twenty three percent target share last week with Christian Watson banged up in game. We don't think Christian Watson will be back this week along with Lazard as well. So, yeah, Aaron Jones, Dobbs. I, I don't even know if I need to bring Aaron Rodgers along, to be honest, given the ceilings of other quarterbacks in this slate. But there's no doubt they are amazing plays in this slate.
3: I'm sure we'll see Big Bob be a pretty popular at tight end yep. this week as well. You know, no Kelsey, no Andrews, even if he were to play because they're on Monday night. Uh, we saw, you know, the last three games, Tunyon has 22 targets uh that was the he had the over 20 percent of targets last week as well uh you know going to the lions team it's 30th and touchdown rate. he scored and i think every career game against the lions too which people love that stuff uh we did get another 200 yard derrick henry game so nice call uh, <laughs> that,
2: uh, so, it, so, it doesn't so, hurt whatever malik willis only throws one time in the second half well, that was
3: the thing. I when they announced Malik Willis as a starter, I even wrote up to us like, I mean, like people were excited. I was like, this dude's not gonna have to throw the football at all. Yeah. So like, let's let's not get all in on Malik Willis for sure. Also, and,
1: uh, nine in the box. How many in the box do they have for, for? Not that it mattered, I guess. But how? Were they not stacking it? Did they not know?
3: Well, how many Texans count? Like the Texans could start playing run D with like. 14 (laughs) defenders I don't think it'll matter at this point uh you know Uh,
2: the good news is they sacked Malik Willis and got three times and got an interception only 14 dropbacks but it doesn't matter because they had no chance (laughs) against Derrick Henry and then Dr. Hilliard came off the bench and had three plays of 10 plus yards like well whatever happens happens doesn't matter yep
3: but I do think with the tight end slate being what it is I think
1: Tunyon's gonna be pretty popular I'm running some stuff now. I realized I, I hit the wrong button before and I was running it incorrectly. But yeah, I can see that for sure. I uh, love picking on Detroit. Okay. I don't think people are going to want to play Rodgers, but you're right, Rich. Like, if you're ever going to do it, this seems like the spot to do so. Um, it's a great quarterback site, though. I mean, there's, I mean,
3: I'm someone that usually goes like with only two to three quarterbacks a week. And yeah. like, I mean, I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, oh, there are like seven guys I want to play. Is one of them named Jared Goff? I'm guessing not. No, negative. <laughs> but at least we've seen again when like this lion's offense is like fully put together and we'll see what removing TJ Hawkinson like involves. Uh, but like they're able to like punch, right? Like when they have all these guys available, Deandre Swift and Amara St. Brown, they're able to, sc- I mean, they were ahead in that game. Like they were up early and big on the dolphins. Cause that's what kind of nuked most in that game. Um, but they, they
2: are able to score points when they have a, their like entire offense on the field. They've, uh, they have scored on their first five possessions, as you mentioned, in that game. Uh, they've totaled three points in the, in the last two second halves against the Cowboys and Dolphins these past two games.
1: So I did run some optimals uh, for tight end. We're talking about uh, Robert Tunyon. It's kind of a mixed bag. No, there was no like, big number on one player, but the number one guy right now, Wednesday night, of Assault, is Tyler Conklin. Uh, and then Tyler Higby, all the Tylers. Then Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts. Evan Ingram, Robert Tunyon, Noah Fant, and a pinch of Brock Wright. So, yeah, man, it's a it's a fun tight end slate. Brock
2: Wright, Stoneman on DraftKings, uh, Robert Tunyon, I think only 5K on FanDuel, so touchdowns, that definitely matters. I could see that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like that. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk other stuff throughout the slate, but uh, FanDuel as well, like Dawson Knox is another guy who's like 5K over there and just, you know, shooting for touchdowns. I don't mind doing that either. Um are we assuming that it's not going to happen for DeAndre Swift? He's got two more body parts. He barely can play last game. Um, and where are we at right now, Rich, as far as Swift uh, potentially playing on, on, on uh, Sunday? Well, he only had
3: six carries, and the head coach said that he gave him too many carries today <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, That's too many. Like four, not really bowling well I mean uh, he basically was out there just running pass routes was kind of his role yeah. and like he can still make some plays but I mean he's living just on touchdowns I mean it's a bummer uh, because we know how electric DeAndre Swift is but like he's living just on touchdown cash right now he has single digit touches I believe in every appearance except for one this year and it sounds like he's still not you know fully healthy or the coaching staff doesn't try that maybe it'll be the thing for the rest of the year right I mean, because we're now year in year three with DeAndre Swift, and he hasn't been able to stay on the field. So maybe this staff starts to just kind of, you know, just not really give him the run out that we kind of always kind of hoped and dreamed that he would have, right? Because he's such a really good electric player, and he's so good at scoring touchdowns. Um, but yeah, he's a real tough like DFS play because we have no idea like where his touches will lie. I and mean, he could be a guy that ends up having like three touches, probably, or maybe he gets like twelve or fourteen, and like you have a good runout right? But like. He's a real top. Like he's the definition of the GP bro, GPP bro play. Yeah,
2: and as as one of the GPP bros who played him in Dolphin stacks last week, uh, I could assure you, whenever you see Swift average over eight yards per touch before he gets injured, and then you see last week he averages three yards per touch, like you know he's very clearly not healthy at all right now. So that's not a well I will be going back to. John, I had some Dolphin stacks with uh, Amon Ra and both
1: and Josh Reynolds running back both. Yeah, kind of disappointing. Reynolds, I feel like he had a couple chances for
2: touchdowns, and big plays, and he's this... he's pretty much Romeo Dobbs of the Lions. Yes, uh, no, it's gonna it's gonna come. No guarantee it ends anything, but it's gonna come. Yes.
3: Yeah, I mean the good thing you know at least with those ancillary guys like Reynolds and Khalif Raymond now is like, that that team lives in eleven personnel, and you know r- removing T.J. Hawkins from the equation like it only gives more insulation. Like those guys are gonna be on the field the whole game. So they're, they're like still fine punt plays. Right. I mean, I know Reynolds really isn't necessarily a punt. He's a little bit priced up, but you got like Raymond is 4k on DraftKings, uh, You know, another, you know, another solid target count. Like they're going to be on the field in a game where they're probably throwing. Uh, the only thing is always when you play the Packers, like the only thing you have to worry about is like overall play value because the Packers are the slowest team in the NFL and they have no prerogative of like running up and down the field and scoring touchdowns at will on you.
2: You, you definitely need that pushback that we always talk about from Jared Goff. But, you know, it, it it's another game that makes sense, honestly. The Lions' – 11 of Jared Goff's 12 passing touchdowns this year have come at home, and the Lions have averaged 36 points per game in four games at home compared to just 10 and three games on the road. Uh, and that does correlate with the games Ross St. Brown has been healthy for, which I think is a, makes a very big impact. But at the same time, like, it is sort of the cocktail Rich talked about where we could get a lot of points in this game.
1: Not a lot of plays projected. If you pull up uh, Derek Hardy, the game level, the Blitz game level uh, factors, it's one of the lowest amount as far as projected plays. We're looking at 125.3. Get the Both, both these teams play pretty slow. Rich, I feel like every, every single time I watch Rodgers, like, he, he just does everything to get the clock down to one right before snapping the ball. Always. Yeah, like, he just bleeds the clock. Um, which is, you know, obviously the more snaps, the more chance for fantasy points. Uh, I don't, I, again, I don't know how I feel about this game. There's uh, other games that I feel a little bit better about, but you know, the slate is what it is, and it's a ten gamer. And hey, you promised me some good plays, Rich. Uh, who, 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 <laughs> give, give me a backing this game up, how?
3: but but Lions. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's really it. Is you're, you might not run a lot of plays for the Packers, but they're gonna be efficient plays.
2: Yeah, they're going to gain yards. You uh. could can, can <laughs> skiddy stack uh, Aaron Jones and Amon Ra for sure. Who doesn't oh, want to yeah. play Amon Ra? Like like last year, remember, those last five games came without T.J. and He averaged 11 targets and eight catches. Uh, in his three full games this year, he's averaged 10.5 targets Amon Ra-St. Brown. Like the the floor is not only there, but the ceiling is also a top five wide receiver on this slate. Yeah, I mean, if you were one of
3: those people pushing back the entire summer on the sun god because of DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson being out when he had his heater last year, what's your pushback right now? Yeah. Because Hawkinson's no longer on the team and DeAndre Swift is barely getting on the field. Uh, we saw he had another 10 targets last week when he came back. And, you know, you're going to have games with the, the the types of targets that Amon Ra gets. Uh, he does, is he's a guy that needs volume. He's very much in like the the Keenan Allen zone, right? Like how Keenan Allen, like, thrived his entire career, right? That's how, that's who Amon Ra is. Like, he's a guy that's going to need to get a lot of targets. He's not going to run a lot of downfield routes. So he does need to push double digits. And when you don't, those weeks you don't get a touchdown, you're going to end up with a lot of, like, 7 for 70s or 8 for 80s and stuff like that. And that's kind of what happened last week. But nothing was off kilter last week. Ten targets right, right back, right back in the same role he was in
2: uh packers have also allowed where they're getting beat is the boundary uh they've allowed the third most yards per snap on the boundary to wide receivers and last year the the lions increased to monroe st brown's rate of routes from outside uh to 27 up from 18 whenever tg hawkins was injured this year he's at a career high 37 of his routes from the boundary already that may even go up with hawkinson gone we don't know so like there, there's a lot of meat on the bone here for Monra Sa Brown. I still think he's one of the best plays on this entire slate.
1: Yeah, I was thinking like game stack and how to build it, but I like your idea, John. Like that's yeah. Aaron Jones and I'm on Raw and I'm good to go. I mean, of course, you know that's that's my favorite place to start. If you're making
2: more than one lineup, you can get a little more creative, you know, bust out that galaxy brain. But Jamal right, Jamal, Jamal Williams has averaged 18 touches in the four games that John Stutzler limited and injured and injured for this year uh i'm open to jamal williams if deandre swift is out we'll have to play it by ear what team did jamal williams play before the lions what team was he on you guys you no know, I, I i'm so i'm actually so like embedded <laughs> in this thing weekly that i forget about revenge games and i know that <laughs> revenge games are a rotor grinders thing for sure people love their revenge it's a, it's
1: a dfs we love the monopoly and revenge games so. everybody loves revenge revenge game i'm sure rich we're not the only place you hear about revenge games you're all over the place
3: oh no that's like yeah no, you, fantasy twitter loves that type of stuff i mean jamal williams is is the gpp guy though right like he he has four games with double digit touchdowns and then his games where he doesn't score a touchdown is completely worthless like that's yep. the gpp play right it's aaron like, jones it's right uh, yeah i mean yeah he's been the rb what 36 or lower and his games without a touchdown but he has four games with multiple
1: touchdowns we like is those he, is he still leading the league hmm. in touchdowns or tied or up there Close. I mean, he's number
3: one in the NFL. He's always tied for uh, opportunities uh, inside the five-yard line. So he's got ten opportunities inside the five-yard line. Something that's probably not going to change. And you know, uh, if they're down there, I mean, the Packers are, aren't a good run defense. So like, there's there's going to be opportunities here for them to run into some production as well. So yeah, I mean, he is the G B V guy though. If you're going to run, a, if you're not going to go the Ra
1: route, I mean, you, we like touchdowns. Yeah uh game number two let's talk about the Raiders the Raiders at the Jags we have uh, a but 47 and a half as far as the total Raiders currently one and a half point favorite traveling west to east one o'clock game is that a thing Rich how, how, I'm sure like gamblers have done that I know it's always a gamblers thing that they throw it out to west coast teams I know Vegas not exactly west coast but you know what I mean west coast time close enough one o'clock start and I feel like there's been studies on this affecting lines and totals you're, this is not the first you're hearing of this. Is is it real or is it fraudulent? Or I guess I haven't uh,
3: looked at it in a couple of years, but like it, it was, it's mostly just like a lot of variants. Uh, there was an actual point too where Derek Carr was really good going to the East Coast. Like I specifically remember this. Okay. Like he, he like he had like a heater where like he he had like a hot run out, but typically it's mostly stuff like where um, you know bad teams stay bad and good teams stay good. Yeah, uh, And then also you'll have these other th- uh, runouts too, where like the schedule makers will like piggyback games and teams will stay out on the East coast. Like the, the 49ers do that all the time or they'll, they'll stay out in a neutral location and then travel to the next place. Um, I don't know who the Raiders play next week, if that's even on the table, but the Raiders in general, like, I don't know, you know, we the flu that went through the, the team the, you know, at the end of the week, I, I pushed off of Adams just because he hadn't practiced and, you know, I was a little worried Uh, but like they came out and just, even with the flu accounted for like this complete no show. I mean, Derek Carr completed one pass for them five yards downfield, just absolutely got flooded. They did nothing offensively. They couldn't, couldn't just, they were just listless entire game. Uh, It was the first time that they've been shut out since 2014. Uh, it's the flop lag spot. I mean, you see like they, they they opened as favorites in this game. Uh, so it's like you know you get right back on while while the disappointment is fresh in everyone's mind because uh, this game was the first game I kind of looked at and was like oh yeah this this is this is the game like this hot yeah this one could be a lot of fun uh, as well so I mean I like the Jaguar side more
1: but uh, yeah the Raiders are completely – like I said they're the flop lag team this week jumping here John as far as ownership looks like the two most popular plays in this game will be the running backs Jacobs for the Raiders Etienne. For the Jags, Uh, whatever side you want to start on, feel free to go for it, John. Uh,
2: Yeah, well, we expect to get pushback. Uh, Jaguars have struggled, in particular, in the red zone this year. They have the ninth lowest touchdown percentage inside the 20. But that's where the Raiders have allowed the second highest touchdown percentage in the red zone this year so we think we're gonna get some points and they've also the Raiders have allowed the league's highest touchdown rate through the air and Trevor Lawrence has three top 10 performances on the year so we know he has a ceiling we have faith in that but more importantly uh, like Rich towards the end of the week I just kind of chalked up the Raiders to the flu ridden season and said okay maybe they don't do anything here and that's what happened Saints were creating pressure at just 22 percent of dropbacks to opposing quarterbacks Prior to that, 31st in the league, they got to Derek Carr on 41% of his dropbacks. He averaged just 1.4 yards per attempt under a pressure. The Raiders didn't cross midfield until the two-minute warning in the second half in that wow. game. It was, it was literally an absolute disaster. And so, again, flop lag because this team, the Raiders' offense, is still 4th in yards per drive, 6th in points per drive. Nothing tells us they're not still an efficient offense. They're in the toughest division in the entire league, which is – explains their win-loss record. But overall, like the way they move the ball, nothing's changed. They're still a top 10 offense in the league. And now they get this Jaguars defense we expect to push back on, so... Yeah, I like a lot of the plays involved. You touched on Josh Jacobs in a flop lag spot. Jacobs, since their are two weeks ago, has 30 of the team's 31 running back carries. They don't even go to anyone else at all, and we expect this to be a high-scoring game. So there are just a lot of moving parts here you can go to. We don't know if we're going to get Darren Waller, even Foster Moreau after six catches last week. We've now seen the last two starts without Darren Waller. Foster Moreau has accounted for 62 of the team's 64 tight end routes. They don't even use another tight end. They just put him out there and he got there and catches last week because Derek Carr was under siege. And so he just dumped it off literally at the line of scrimmage every time to Moreau, but Moreau is still alive with Devontae Adams if we expect points to be scored. So yeah, there are a number of ways to play this game, honestly. And I love the game.
1: Rich, uh, two questions. First of all, uh, are you okay playing two running backs? You know against each other. I, I hear people say that all the time, and I think it also matters who the running backs are, obviously, and mm-hmm. what they do and their roles. But I and I understand why people say it, but like I, I I'm always I'm open to play Jacobs and Ntian in the same lineup. So that's kind of the point I'm making. Like they both can have good games. I know it hinders their ceiling a little bit of a tick. And secondly, if you can only pick one, who are you pick well, I mean,
3: it got, if you're going to do that, it has to be the archetype of running back like both these guys are, right? Like, the, they don't come, they're not sharing touches with anybody else. So yeah. they play in all modes of game script. So if you're going to play, you know, two running backs in a stack, right? It has to be two guys like that because, you know, you can do this inversely, right? Like, you can do Lawrence, uh, you can do Lawrence, Kirk, Evan Ingram, and then run it back with Jacobs, and you're counting on, you know, the, on the side of the ball where like the Raiders are ahead, they're using Jacobs as a runner. Uh, and then you're getting like that pass run out, right? That's typically how you see stacks built, right? Uh, but here you can do either way because no one's sharing any touches. I mean, you look at last week, uh, you know, ETN had 27 touches. Uh, no one else really got involved. Uh, he's just like an explosive play machine right now. I mean, the, the past four games, he has runs of 30, 48, 49, and 49 yards um he like among all running backs now he's what he's third in rate of runs over expectation fourth in success rate sixth in rate of runs to gain a first down or touchdown tenth in rate of uh, runs to go for 10 or more yards and then josh jacobs his counterpart is literally like right with him like in every single one of those categories as well um so yeah but if you're going to stack two guys it's got to be two guys that aren't going to come off the field that can survive in any type of game script as well. Uh, now we could, you people might just point to what happened at Jacobs last week. Like that's not game script. Like that's just like the team just didn't show up. <laughs> it really wasn't his fault. I mean, he had over four yards per carry. It's just like they did absolutely nothing as a team. It was a top-down problem. Uh But, yeah, you could play both those guys. Uh, I love the the Lawrence call. Like, he's probably my favorite streamer this week, too. We talked about it last week, Dean, with Andy Dalton, right? Like, it's the same setup. Uh, And Andy Dalton had another 17 fantasy points. And if the Raiders push back at all in that game, Andy Dalton probably goes well over 20 points. They've now allowed over 17 or more fantasy points to every quarterback they face. That includes Dalton, Ryan Tannehill, Davis Mills, and Russell Wilson on that list. Like, they're just a terrible defense uh, that we can kind of get back on this Lawrence train. And, you know, Lawrence is people like people aren't going to want to play him, uh, because he looks like Amon Targaryen and they, they just watched, <laughs> they just watched, you know, that, that dude's dragon, he, he, dragon. So like, we can not have that. So spoiler um, alert, <laughs> uh, but no. And then I love the, the spot for Christian Kirk. Cause you know, Christian yeah. Kirk is, you know, he had another 25% of team targets last week, obviously it was against Denver, right? This is the other thing about people freaking out about Lawrence. Like, the dude is playing the Broncos. Has anyone looked at the Broncos game log this year? Like <laughs> Nobody has done – nobody's throwing the ball on the Broncos. Like, that's the wrong game to freak out. Like, three weeks ago when they played the Texans, you could freak out about what Trevor Lawrence was doing. That's cool. But, like, the London game, like, he had a position – had position to win the game. He made a dumb interception – threw a dumb interception in the red zone. But the Broncos made a lot of people look bad this entire season – Uh, Kirk gets that great rebound spot. Uh, The Raiders are getting absolutely smoked in the slot. They're lying 10.4 yards per target in the slot. That's 29th NFL. League high, five touchdowns to opposing slot receivers. Uh, So, yeah, I love Christian Kirk. And then you've got – I brought up Evan Ingram, too. He's in another spot, like a a weak tight end slate, right? Like Evan Ingram's just getting targets, and it's kind of what we can count on. Like DraftKings has him at 3,300. Um, which is insanely low because he's 10th among all t- tight ends in the NFL and target share, he's sixth in routes run per dropback. Um, he's just hanging around like that tight end one usage, but he's priced way down on DraftKings. And at 3,300, if you're to say give me a guy that like inherently is going to get like seven targets, like all right, I'll throw that at the wall. And especially against the Raiders team that, uh, you know, are 23rd in receptions allowed to tight ends, they're allowing a league high 11 percent touchdown rate to tight ends. You've got a nice little double stack that you can run that's very, very cheap, especially on DraftKings. Like those three guys combined on DraftKings are
1: like 13K. Assume no uh, Waller, Ingram's three three. You like him over Morneau at 3-2? Uh yeah, absolutely. All right. I don't like all Morneau. I was thinking of Justin Morneau, the former Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. kid. And I want to put an N in there for some reason. Moreau. Okay. The um, island of
2: uh, Moreau. Foster Moreau. <laughs> Moreau, we only played the last couple of games because he was so cheap and made sense. Last yeah, week, yeah. even, he was $100 cheaper than Jawan Johnson, who was you know chalk pretty much in small field. So it made sense just to pivot once we saw Darren Waller's out. But Evan Ingram was the one getting targets, and now we see it's possible he scores touchdowns. So, yeah, why the hell not?
1: Favorite fringe player in this game, John? Uh, I'm looking at Renfro. He was on the field. Uh, because he's been terrible all season long, but last the week before he had 57% snap count, he was on the field for 79, 79% of the snaps, just not doing anything. What happened to this guy? He was like a reception machine last year, and now
2: it's kind of worthless. Well, uh, Mac Hollins showed up, that's why. Like, uh, <laughs> Mac Hollins has got eight targets in that game instead, so I mean, they can't support two. Or three wide receivers, like it's going to be two. And last year, Matt Collins did not exist. So, whenever Hunter, Hunter whenever Darren Waller was out, that's why Hunter Renfro averaged 17 and a half fantasy points per game because there's only another one more player to go to. Now there's another option, especially one that has downfield prowess and Holland. So, yeah, there's no guarantee it's Renfro. Not my favorite player. I honestly think this game's going to be so low, low rostered given flop lag, given how unsexy the names are among. Other options we're gonna try to eliminate for rich as we continue to move on. Um, that any stack you have, Lawrence and Kirk, Lawrence, Kirk, Ingram, Carr and Adams, Carr, Adams, and Moreau, it's just gonna naturally be contrarian. So just play that and that's okay.
3: And that yeah, the fun thing about this game is you got like multiple leverage points, right? Like you can you can leverage ETN with the Jaguars passing game. You can leverage Lawrence too, yeah. 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 Then you, the, the Josh Jacobs, if you don't want to, if you want to call Josh Jacobs, you can go back to Devonte Adams. You know, the, the, there's all kinds of different ways to attack this game uh, and make different kinds of runouts. And everyone outside of Adams and Jacobs
1: is really cheap. Yeah. You're going to get a cheap game stack and get a couple studs uh, around it, which is kind of interesting. And how dare you? Nothing sexy in this game, John Marvin Jones and Zay Jones
2: are both playing this football game. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get those 28 yards from Zay Jones anytime you can. It's, it's so a revenge good. game
3: for Zay Jones as well. If you guys <laughs> want to keep that going, revenge for three yards for target, <laughs> man. Uh, but he should be happy because like the Raiders resurrected his career. Like there's no revenge. Like he should be he should be congratulate I mean, them. Yeah. the Raiders got him that bag this off season. He's, he's, like, he's gonna
2: he's gonna congratulate them by doing the same exact thing he did for the Raiders last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got anything else here, boys? We went on. I think we're went on right.
2: No, but I it sounds like we both it really like this game, and I guarantee you no one's gonna listen to us. It's gonna go overlooked. <laughs> Thus, definitely play players from this game.
1: I like, I mean, I think the receiving game is not gonna be played as much as Jacobs and Etienne. That's kind of where I'm at now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: Etienne's gonna be really popular. Yeah.
1: Uh just seems a little bit too cheap. Uh 6.3k on DK. And Jacobs, I think that's a price hit, right? At 7.3. I feel like it is. A little bit.
3: Seven
2: is um, a little bit. Uh six. Oh uh, yeah, he was
1: seventy-five last week, so uh, yeah, a little bit, a little ding.
2: Uh, ETN should be 7-5. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, and we've seen how, you know, obviously they have nothing to do with each other, but chalk running backs on DK have been absolutely smashing. Uh, for a, Well, uh, DraftKings in general, we've talked about it, like out
3: of the two sites and like they've typically in years past been the sharper of the two sites, but this year they have definitely dragged their feet on pricing players up. I mean, uh, DJ Moore. DJ Moore, <laughs> went up to, he went up to seven yeah. k on Fanduel. Like not even a full PPR site. They're like, we're gonna, we're gonna jam him up because everyone played the hell out of him the last two weeks. Uh, and DraftKings is like, you know what? We're gonna do with DJ Moore. We're gonna leave him at fifty eight hundred. And they've done <laughs> it with Tyler Lockett. We've seen Tyler Lockett the whole season. Brees Hall while he was playing, like uh Amon ra is like like these guys like they're not getting priced up over on draft like they're, they're just keeping these guys flat and it it's that's why we keep talking about the same damn players every week because they don't move hey it's, you know what it, game is next
2: <laughs> yeah go ahead john this is well one this is the pick six cardinal show we should just put that on the title <laughs> of the slate of the show also it's frustrating we'll get there eventually but it's also another good matchup for dj moore it's pissed at least if he had touch- tough matchups and make it harder but it's another amazing matchup for him oh i hate it he's he another no. run
3: out against the uh, secondary where everyone's hurt
1: The the third game here on the Pick 6 show, Seattle-Arizona, on the Pick 6 slash Seattle slash Arizona show, 49.5 is the total. Uh, Seattle is a two-point dog here, game in a dome here in Arizona. Um, Yeah, I ran some optimals and a ton of Seattle's jumping up there. And again, Walker still popping, Metcalf still popping, Lockett, like you said, the price adjusting but not enough. I think more than anything, we got to talk. Did you guys see the story of uh, DK Metcalf having to take a poop in the sidelines? This is important stuff. Do you guys know about this?
0: (laughs) I I know.
2: (laughs) I know he got, I know he got carted off the field a couple weeks ago to poop, but did he actually poop on the sidelines?
1: No. So, uh, Kay Adams was interviewing him and, um, basically, yeah, I guess in Detroit, Detroit, Detroit is known for having a a long walk that a lot. Yeah. That was the one. That was the game. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, I ain't walking. I can't make it. Basically. It's not going to happen. He had to poop. And, uh, Pete Carroll wasn't was wanting the poop in the sidelines, and he's like, "I got too much dignity I mean, for that." To, to <laughs> be I, fair,
2: to be fair, only the second best poop on national television in the last calendar year. That's true. To- to Lamar Jackson's diarrhea in the middle of one of oh the greatest God. games ever played. What
3: a night on Twitter that was!
2: <laughs> uh, Island game
1: of him walking to the
3: locker room.
2: Island <laughs> Island game, seventy points combined. Lamar Jackson has to run to the bathroom in the fourth quarter, and Amazing. then came
3: out and then came back out and threw that get the, the game winning touchdown in overtime. Like that game Hell was yeah, oh, game was so fire. What a what an best. incredible
2: game! It was the pandemic when football was fun. It was the best game ever. And
1: I think Larry Izzo, like former Dolphins, like they're also one of their coordinators or defensive guys or just something in the team. And I think even Pete Carroll was like, look, Larry Izzo did it. And he's like, look, that's a different guy. I don't want to be Larry Izzo. I have dignity. I'm going to the locker room. So, yeah, it's that's worth such checking a, out.
3: that's That's such like a peak like football guy thing, right? Like take a shit on the sideline. Like get <laughs> out of here, dude. Like give get me the cart and let's go. Like. DK, I mean, that's 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 the optimal play, man. Well,
2: to be fair, the man who was supporting it, Pete Carroll, is seventy-one years old. Like, he lived yeah. with Larry Izzo. It's okay.
3: <laughs> yeah, Pete probably is pooping his pants every
2: game on the sideline at this point. <laughs> and he can still runs yeah. like at six forty. He's so fast. It's, it's actually a. It's actually amazing. I, I, I think the Seahawks and Geno Smith are genuinely one of the best stories of the NFL. I agree. Uh, I I was a lot of us, but I was completely wrong on the Seahawks. Like the fact that it may have actually been Russell Wilson that came down to Pete Carroll's play calling um, to be 71 years old and to adapt into 2022 NFL for whatever works best for your players. Like I love Pete Carroll, like good for that man because they are, they are so much fun. He seems like a likable guy and like a player's coach. Mm-hmm. Generally, I, I did not
1: love his philosophies forever, but I, you have to tip the cap. He's been awesome and yeah. I was just wondering if you guys you're not really basketball guys, but you guys know the Paul Pierce story, right? <laughs> Since for You're know, talking course. about DK yeah.
2: Well hold on. Know? No, no, Paul Pierce was wheelchair injury and then stood up, right? It wasn't it wasn't wheelchair or... injury. Like it was it was sold as a
1: wheelchair injury, but he miraculously like he pulled a Kevin Nash. Like he was good to go the next night.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that was bathroom yeah. related though. That was
1: bathroom. He confirmed it years later.
2: Oh, okay. I didn't know that. All right.
1: <laughs> this is what we talk about on week nine. Uh, Thrive, our sponsor.
2: I'm sure he's thrilled.
1: Yeah. Just, heard... just, give
2: it, just give it a couple weeks whenever it's Thanksgiving. Uh, wait till <laughs> you see how much we throw in the towel.
1: <laughs> just coasting. Uh, John, I'll let you open it up. Seattle, Arizona, dealer's choice. Go where you want to go.
2: All right. My job here is to talk rich off of Kyler Murray with stats he probably is already aware of. So here we go. Uh, the Cardinals, of course, have averaged an increased 5.4 yards per play the past two weeks and 34 points per game since they got DeAndre Hopkins back. But I think the real story of this game, and sometimes, you don't know this, Dean, sometimes I bring up high total games if only to talk people off of them to eliminate their player pool. I like and that. That's kind, that's kind of where I'm at with the Cardinals passing offense right now. Kyler Murray hasn't been in any – winning tournament lineups yet this year. But at the same time, it's the Seattle's defense that's really sneaky because the last three games against Kyler Murray three weeks ago without Hopkins, but then also Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones, uh, they've been number one defensive DVOA at Football Outsiders. They've allowed just 15 points per game in that span and are one of only two teams with a double-digit sack rate in that span. And so, like, I'm sorry, it wasn't Jalen Hurts, it was Justin Herbert. And so against good competition, I actually think these young guys, who I, I think is the best draft class of 2022, and the Seahawks, I think they're just finally clicking as well. Uh, and given that we saw what how Geno Smith performed against the Cardinals, they blitzed him on over 40% of the dropbacks, and they are running the second-highest blitz rate in the league. That's not expe- That's not surprising. But he only averaged 6.2 yards per attempt, uh, didn't throw a touchdown against the Blitz against him, has only thrown three touchdowns actually against the Blitz all year. He has the second highest completion rate against the Blitz on the season among all quarterbacks, but that's because he really is just dumping the ball off really quickly because he's been an intelligent quarterback. And so overall, uh, I think this could be a lower scoring game and go under the total. And so uh, I'm not as high on the passing attacks as I think a lot of people might be.
1: You like Walker and Connor, or we're, we're not sure what Connor's going to be back on. Well, I still
2: love Ken Walker. I'm still going to play Ken Walker. So it's, it's, it's an amazing spot.
1: How about you, Rich? Do you agree? You think this number is a little bit too high as far as the total? Yeah, it's an interesting game. Cause you know, we were here, what a couple weeks ago and it was over
3: 50 point total. And I, the Cardinals didn't even score an offensive touchdown. And I want to say Seattle scored one touchdown in that game uh definitely underwhelmed i mean that's been the cardinals kind of mo the whole season they've been better since they've gotten hopkins back obviously a a little small sample i last week i had my one of my best lineups was actually a kyler double uh that was one thing that kind of saved me a little bit on the week but it is kind of a tricky matchup because yes seattle has been hot the past three weeks it kind of started in this game where we were kind of picking on them weekly and things started to come together they're putting pressure on the quarterback uh, they're disrupting a lot of plays. Uh, opponents have only scored on 20% of their drives the past three weeks. That's second uh, lowest rate in the NFL. Um, and, like, we're still, like, anytime we don't put faith in the Cardinals' offense, like, it's always kind of sketchy, right? Mm. Like, so, uh, yeah, you look at when these teams played a few weeks ago. They pressured Kyler Murray in 34% of his dropbacks. That's been kind of one of his things the entire season. Uh, against pressure this season, Kyler Murray is 36 in the NFL in completion rate. He's averaging just 3.4 yards per pass attempt under pressure. Only Zach Wilson is worse uh, in the NFL. Uh, So, I mean, you're getting that Hopkins kind of security blanket run out. He wasn't there in this game. But also the dynamic for that is pretty interesting this game because after we saw Hopkins play on Thursday night two weeks ago and he's moving all over the field, they were immediately right back to just isolating him out at left boundary wide receiver last week. Uh, like Cliff, this is the stuff Cliff does all the time. It's so frustrating because he has something that clearly works, um, and then just goes away from it. And obviously, didn't hurt DeAndre Hopkins' stat line. That was completely fine because listen, he's gonna get targeted no matter where the hell he lines up. But we're gonna want him to move around the field a little bit more this week because Seattle is absolutely smothering dudes in the outside. This has been a thing the entire season. I mean, they're fifth in yards per target to opposing boundary receivers, seventh in catch rate. They've had just two touchdowns to opposing boundary receivers. So you're definitely going to get the targets you pay for at DeAndre Hopkins. But we would love some rational coaching because this would be a matchup to kind of move him around like he did two weeks ago. And we can't ever count on that with Cliff Kingsbury. Like, he does, like, head-scratching things sometimes. uh, And that's kind of like a really frustrating kind of runout. But if they are going to line up, you know, Hopkins out at left-wide receiver, he does give Rondo Moore a shot again to contribute. We saw – him playing the slot again more. And it wasn't Robbie Anderson playing more last week. It was them getting AJ green on the field for a little bit more than he was the past two weeks. Robbie Anderson is still kind of shadow realm. I don't know if he's picked up any plays or what, but he hardly played at all. Again, even having the long uh, like mini buy to like get on the field. He didn't play play at all last week. So it's Rondell looks like the dude, like as the just clear wide receiver too, if they're shorthanded, they're going to move him outside. If they have their full lot of guys, they're going to move him inside. So he is just like the secondary target, and Daigle's brought this up a few times too, but we now have a sample uh, going back last year, 153 pass routes Zach Ertz has run with DeAndre Hopkins on the field. He has a 15% team target share, and he's been targeted on just 13.7% of those routes. Uh, on 573 routes with DeAndre Hopkins off the field, he has a 24% team target share and is targeted on 21.6% of his routes. Night and day difference. And Zach Ertz is a dude that needs volume. He's averaging eight and a half yards per catch. We talked about this like Amon Ra a little bit ago. Like If you're going to be like a puddle jumper, you have to get a lot of targets <laughs> or you have to score a touchdown. He did score a touchdown for us last week. But uh, Zach Ertz is the type of player, like he needs a lot of targets. And when DeAndre Hopkins is
1: playing... He ain't getting a lot of targets. All these like 3 and 4K tight ends and he's 5K, it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, unless he, you know, like you said, falls in the end zone once or twice. I suppose there's really no way of predicting that. And like you said, Robbie Anderson went from 18% snaps in week seven to 9% in week eight. Uh, Hopkins on the field for every single play, more 99%. So uh, then Green, like you said, jumped in, uh, took 47% of the plays. I guess you got to see what you have in A.J. Green. (laughs) This point, uh shout out Greg Dortz, 26% of snaps. Um, your is your fair play in this game um the same as uh as John's? Is it's Walker, I assume.
3: I do like Walker, but even he's like pretty interesting now that his price has gone up. Uh, you know, I guess you know, isolate if you're game stacking this, you don't really care what the floor run out is. But you know, we now have seen you're getting all the touches. But he's very volatile, and this is who he was in college anyway, so it's not like a huge deal. But he's now he's dead last among all running backs in success rate per run. Uh, he's 26% of his carries have failed to gain yards. That's 44th out of 46 running backs with 50 or more carries. But 17% have gained 10 or more yards. That's eighth highest. Uh, when these teams played a few weeks ago, 33% of his carries failed to gain any yardage. but then he had carries of 34 21 yards and then an 11 yard touchdown that kind of just stacks <laughs> up his line. So like the, the only reason it's a concern for like with the salary rising is because he's not catching any passes. Right. That's the thing. Like he doesn't like you look at the run out last week, 18 carries 51 yards, doesn't pop. He gets the touchdown, but even with the touchdown, he doesn't hit because he's got, you know, another one. He's nine catches for 28 yards on the season. Uh, so like there is a low floor with him if you don't get those like that run out. And like I said, that's who he was in college. It's not a big deal. It doesn't make you run away from him. Like you've got him in season long. You start him. You you don't care. But when you're talking about like investing like a huge chunk of your portfolio into him um, at where his prices jump to now, there is a little bit more fragility to it than it was when he was, you know, 5'8 and was hanging out down there.
1: John, you got anything else here as far as uh, Seahawks Cardinals?
2: No, honestly, I think Rich, John, Rich touched on... Everything we are kind of in limbo right now with the Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf injuries both did not practice on Wednesday. Doesn't matter since you know we went into last week thinking DK Metcalf wasn't even gonna play, <laughs> and he just literally he literally showed up as their number one receiver yet again. So uh yeah, lots lots of touch and go here. But again, I think this is a game I will be less on than a lot of other contests.
1: All right, uh, um, uh producer Steve, throw the uh the Thrive. Uh, you know, throw it up on the old YouTube. Show the show the props up to uh, Rich and John. They're going to help us pick some winners in a second. If you guys are not aware, uh, join in on the fantasy prop action set up all season with Thrive Fantasy. If you're not aware of them, uh, it's an easy to play, no salary cap style contest. revolves around over under style player props. Each prop has a fantasy score associated with the prop. The riskier the prop, the higher the fantasy score. Rack up the most, rack up the most points uh, for your share of the prize pool. We got a nice, sweet deposit bonus for y'all. It's Grinders, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. That is the promo code. Sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250, as well as free tickets. How do those free tickets work? If you deposit between $100 and $499, you get two free $20 contest tickets. If you deposit $500 or more, you get six free individual $20 contest tickets um yeah, you want to check out the review page on Roto Rinders for Thrive Fantasy in the description for more information. But and they have a lot of stuff by the way, as far as if you go to their lobby, you can uh, you can bet props, uh like uh NBA, baseball, soccer, golf, UFC, cricket, lol. I don't have any LOL takes. I don't do guys LOL, you guys know what LOL I do? don't <laughs> You're not prepared for LOL text? Well, I mean, I'm a uh, super
3: nerd. Like, I, I'm a gamer to, to that, but I don't do the the DraftKings LOL. I, thought you, you, I, thought,
2: I thought you meant uh, LOL as in the text. I was like, I know what that is. I'm smart. <laughs> the League of Legends.
1: Uh, yeah, I know Faker. That's one of the players I'm aware of. I don't know anything Dean, else.
2: Dean, are you a LOL ha-ha guy?
1: Oh no, I'm I, I don't know because I it's like ninety percent of people are lying. I Do don't, you
2: text? You know
1: <laughs> what is texting? <laughs> <laughs> I I've never type lol. Essentially, like it's not that's not on my repertoire. Okay. Yeah, right. I, I think I really think it's like,
2: quicker to the point. It's one less letter than haha, so uh, that's what I use. But I understand it could be viewed um, as something different to other people. Have you ever responded
1: to a text with just LOL, nothing else? LOL a la carte?
2: No, but I'm a big, it may offend people. But I'm a big thumbs up guy. Like, uh, yep, I see it. Good Good luck to your day and then move on. <laughs> big thumbs up.
1: And that means like, I, that's a nice way of saying I'm done with this conversation.
2: That's it. We're, that's, we're done. Honestly, yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Like I'll call if we need to talk. Otherwise, thumbs up. Good luck in life. See you later. <laughs> If yeah, that's like liking
3: me. a tweet on uh, Twitter, right? Like you're having that's a conversation. What I do it's like yeah. this conversation's over. I liked your tweet. <laughs> yeah.
1: We should have a likes for emails. Is that is that a thing? Has anybody created that?
2: Um, no, we just ignore them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rich, you don't do that. Rich, you would never. You would never just respond with "lol" and that's that. You can't. uh no, I I
3: I probably have a time or two, but I'm more of like a a GIF responder. Uh, definitely a GIF
1: responder. That yeah. works. Um, all right. So, what we're doing is uh I, I picked there's a big they have a lot of contests as well. With the big contest this Sunday, a hundred thousand dollar total prize flow, But it's 20k up top. There's 20 props. You gotta pick 10. You gotta take a stand on 10 of them, pick over, pick under, depending on how ambitious ambitious you may or may not be. Uh that's how many points you get. And uh, John, let's get it started. Give me give me a pick or two. Again, feel as ambitious as you want to be. We talked about Derrick Henry last week, who somehow was like even money. It was like 100 points either way, if like 100 yards or something like that. We, we lock buttoned that one last week. Give me, a, give me something similar. Give me the lock of the week. What do you have for me?
2: Uh, can we go down a little bit? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, di- I didn't see the rest, admittedly. Uh, oh, gosh. Rush yards for Fournette. That's ugly. Uh, oh, okay. I'll go 23 and a half over completions. Patrick Mahomes. Titans have faced a bottom five rate of. Runs in the league because teams literally know they can just throw on them at will. I'm sure that's what the Chiefs will do as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's only a 20 point difference too, so I'll go over Mahomes. And then what's the? Oh no, that's too big of a difference with uh, Kelsey receiving yards at the bottom. Um, gosh, they're tough this week, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, usually, just, yeah. usually I can look and just. Uh, oh, uh, we might not have Keenan Allen, so Austin Eckler rush yards, receiving yards over nine, two and a half, even points. I'll go over that.
1: Yeah, I, I like that too. And if you, mm-hmm. if you like Herbert, you can, uh, you know, you can pair those as well. A little correlation, uh, Herbert over 290 and a half uh, pass yards and rushing yards for 105 points. Oh, you
2: get, you get a 40 point difference though for, wait, hold on, 40. I'm good at math. That's my job. 30 point difference for a St. Brown scoring a touchdown. Um, I will take a St. Brown, throw that on there as well. There you for go. All the re- for all the reasons we talked about, just one touchdown is all he needs. It's all you need, uh, Rich. What do you got? Yeah, there's a
3: couple on there. Like I like the Kirk Cousins uh, under the interceptions. Washington has just <laughs> two interceptions this season, uh, so I like that one. Uh, and I like the Brady uh, passing yards for the reasons like Daglo said. Uh, well, Brady won. is he's hit this number I believe in four of his past five games because uh, they can't run the football. <laughs> uh, it's you know you can you can even take the I mean, honestly, oh, it's only 90 points for the four X like 62 and a half rushing yards. When the hell's he hit? He he might, not, he, he hasn't hit that
2: since week one. Actually. They, they haven't totaled more than 75 rushing yards as a team since week one.
3: Yeah. Everyone is excited. Cause like he ran for like one twenty the first week.
2: Yeah. They just <laughs> ran at Trevon Diggs the whole time.
3: And then uh, has done nothing since. But I do like that cousins one for sure. Uh, you get Tyreek, 86 and a half. Like that seems pretty
1: solid for even money. I wonder what people are going to do with that game, because obviously Miami coming off, you know, the matchup against Detroit, which is a them-not matchup in uh, Chicago. I guess their weak, their defense got weakened to some degree with some trades. Oh, yeah. This is also expected to be a slow game for what it's worth. Um, well, we
3: talked about the Dolphins, though, even last week. Like, the Dolphins are a team. If you watch the Dolphins, they run motion on every single play. There's a dude moving. And it's why they their play clock the play clocks run so low. There's guys moving every single play.
1: Yeah. Um, Which kind of like the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I guess the Rodgers thing is not necessarily movement. No, Rodgers
3: wants to stand there and look at the defense for 30 seconds and then (laughs) try to draw someone off sides or get 12 men on the field. It's like his hallmark, like, caught you with 12 men on the field. Like, you know, people are so excited about those five yards. Like, Romo starts going nuts. Like, (laughs) you know, but uh, yeah, the Dolphins are, it's just schematically, like, they're just, they just move, they motion so many guys.
1: Yeah. And that puts them in a nice position, obviously, when they finally snap the ball. I do want to mention once again, if you're not aware, the Thrive promo code It's grinders. When you sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250, that's G R I N D E R S. Give you some winners, get you all started. Let's run it back. Hey, Rich, you said you like some quarterbacks this week. Mm. Um, You know, Josh Allen's throwing some footballs on the main slate. I I assume you like him. Uh, Who else? Well, tell me you like Josh Allen, I assume. And then uh, who else do you like? (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
3: I uh, like Josh Allen. Uh, Lawrence, I like a lot. But then we lo- a few of those guys. I got like Tua. Love Tua. Tua is sec- only Patrick Mahomes has, has more passing points per attempt than Tua in the NFL. Uh, the Bears are 28th in pressure rate. They traded Robert Quinn two weeks ago. They just got rid of Roquan Smith. Uh, Tua throws over the middle field more than any quarterback in the NFL. So losing Roquan is actually a pretty big deal in this game. Uh, The Bears don't allow a lot of passing points, but they've only faced two good quarterbacks all year, and both of those guys had over 20 fantasy points against them, Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. The other guys they faced were Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers, Davis Mills, Daniel Jones, Bailey Zappi, Carson Wentz. Uh, None of those guys are very good. Uh, We talked about Herbert. Uh, Herbert, I think, is a really good play. How about across from Tua? Uh, maybe not on FanDuel, but DraftKings, Justin Fields is 5,300. Um, I like that a lot because you're now getting passing with the rushing, uh, and you're getting some pushback from the bears. Like the bears have actually been like a decent offense the past few weeks. And if the bears are going to still score in like the mid twenties, like that is, is pretty huge. It's a pretty huge development for fantasy on a lot of levels, uh, because, He's now averaging, Justin Fields is now averaging 11.3 passing points per game over the past four weeks. You're like, ah, 11.3 passing points. But he's also averaging those eight rushing points that we were getting the first month of the season. The first month of the year, he only had 18 passing points in total over those four weeks. Uh, and the Dolphins are not a pass defense to be scared of. Obviously, you add Bradley Chubb, but they're a team that struggled to get after the quarterback. They've struggled to really kind of defend anyone this season. And then um, Kirk Cousins. Uh Kirk Cousins is having one of the weirdest seasons. Like, he's having like statistically his worst season ever. Like he's got career lows in a number of categories, but all he keeps doing is churning out QB1 games for fantasy. He's been a QB1 in 5 of his 7 games played this season, and he gets another great matchup again against the Washington defense that's 25th or lower in yards or pass attempt allowed, touchdown rate, passing points allowed per attempt, like just another really good spot. So Combined with the guys we talked about, plus those guys, I mean, it's a pretty dense QB field this week.
1: What do you uh, make of the Claypool trade for Chicago? Is and is that going to affect much this week, or it's a this is kind of just sort of a showing up and they're probably not going to go full out with, with Claypool? I assume week one. I imagine it takes a while to learn the plays. Well, what are we speculating here? And long term, do you like that trade for uh, for Chicago? I mean, sure.
3: He's there. That means that they're not throwing passes to Nikhil Harry or Equanimee St Brown. So by default, <laughs> it's a good point by default. I mean, for it's probably one of these things like, is it going to be great for Chase Claypool? No, because Chase Claypool on the Steelers ran 80 more pass routes than any Bears guys run all year. He actually has more targets this year than Darnell Mooney, like, uh, like coming to the trade. So like probably isn't good for his prospects, but it gives Justin Fields a better player on the football field. So like,
1: yeah. You mentioned Romo. I saw a clip of Romo calling Claypool out for like doing a bad job of the route. I don't know if you saw that or I just said, so Claypool's not like
3: he's like a polished good dude. Like that's yeah. not his game.
1: Yeah. Athletically skilled for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, feel free to give your thoughts there and, uh, you know, on, on Claypool with Chicago and just any quarterback this week that, uh, you know, Ritz knocked a bunch out, but add on or, you know, throw some new names in the pool if you want.
2: No, honestly, Rich took them all. Uh, we, we, <laughs> know, we, we took, we took them all as well. Like maybe I'm curious to see what Josh Allen comes in as um, you know, even in negative game script josh allen has gotten there every single week last week it came down to what looked like just giving up in the second half against the packers when they already had two score lead and then other than that the only time he went for under 300 yards with such a big lead was against the ravens and that was that rainy game so honestly like if the bills are really needed for two and a half quarters josh allen can still be a top five quarterback so i'll be curious to see what his percentage will be against the jets um yeah, other than that, honestly, I, I think Rich has them all. You got
1: a favorite pairing with, with Josh Allen? Anything different? Or is it it's like Digs and salary matters all of a sudden then maybe you can't get Digs, but- it still
2: be the same garbage. It's it's every, what everyone else is playing. It's Diggs <laughs> and Gabriel Davis. <laughs> uh, Do- Dawson Knox scored a touchdown, but like he's only running 70% of routes whenever they hang around. They've only hung around – well, whenever they need opponents to hang around. They only haven't blown opponents out in like two games this year. So, uh, And Dawson Knox has been injured, so it's really hard to get a gauge on – when he's at full speed, but it probably won't be this week, honestly, since Zach Wilson's still averaging less than two yards per attempt under pressure.
3: Plus this thing is real with the bills. I mean, Josh Allen now is he's targeted running backs at a career high rate. Like they've made this, like they have not made this a secret. Like they want to throw the football to running backs and they've been doing it all year. And the tight end targets are way down because of Mm -hmm. it. And Knox has just been kind of mushed because of it. And then they go and trade for Naheem Hines, right? Like, like, they – they this is, like, a point of emphasis for them. I don't know why – I don't know really the reason for it, but, like, they have beat this thing down. Like, they've not made it a secret that they want some kind of guy in that role, like that, that satellite-back role. We thought when they drafted James Cook, he'd be in that role. Now they're trading for Naheem Hines. Like, for some reason, they want this to be a thing in their offense.
1: It feels like one of ten guys can score for Buffalo is the problem as far as trying to figure out the pairings. Um, just – uh, do, is Hines gonna? We don't know. Is he? Is he gonna play this week? I
3: assume like all these guys dress, but like d- how much they play is a thing. And then even with Hines, in the runout, like even big picture, like what? What exactly are we getting from Hines? Like what? I, I mean, this it's it's a, it was a very unique trade from a top down view. It's very I... tough to kind of gauge what the hell's going on here.
2: I think they keep preparing for two eye safeties, two and three safeties against them, and they're very well prepared for that. Josh Allen is, what, 25th in the league and throws 20 yards downfield? Uh, But when he does it, he's averaging 21 yards per attempt. Like, uh, anytime he throws downfield, it's Josh Allen. Like, he's great at it, but they don't need to because they're so efficient underneath, and they give themselves another player to do that. I just think it makes Devin Singletary more or less like a touchdown or bust option. And Naeem Hines probably provides more weekly value, but even that's not really a lot of value. Like It's like the Rams backfield. Everyone's trying to pick the player who's going to make an impact. It's like, actually, uh, Ronnie Rivers you know led the team with 12 touches, 52% of their, their backfield touches. He was the RB48 on the week because it just doesn't matter. Uh, as long as there's three players involved, that backfield doesn't matter at all.
3: It's interesting to see how the meta defensively has like come along, but the teams were already playing the bills and chiefs like that prior to this year. And they recalibrated their offenses to play against that this year. And they're, they look awesome. Like in this, you know, you know, so it's really, really kind of interesting. They had a, they had a leg up for how teams were defending them. And then the rest of the league tried to basically copycat that copycat that against everybody else. And we've seen offenses kind of struggle to adjust, but the, the Bills and Chiefs were already facing it. So, like, they they had a counterpunch
2: dialed in already. You, you would think young Joka helped still, the Chiefs, but uh, we'll see what happens. John, give me some running backs you like. Uh, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick was out uh, practice Wednesday. We'll see what happens. But nonetheless, still out-snapped uh, Brian Robinson this past week and had a season-high 22% target share. So, if we're going to see seven targets now in this role – As they've under they now understand the prospect Brian Robinson is, is basically just a goal line plotter. I I will be willing to play Antonio Gibson on DraftKings in particular at cheap. Austin Eckler, I think, is pretty easy. Everyone will probably get there, (laughs) but you can argue his mid 8K price on DraftKings still isn't enough considering he's averaged eight and a half catches per game since week two. And Keenan Allen again is year to year with his hamstring injury. So we don't know if he'll play or not. And then Rich hinted at it that we've seen every running back who's been traded so far limited. James yeah. Robinson played 22% of snaps, uh Christian McCaffrey played 28% of snaps, and so although it's a good spot for the Dolphins passing attack, like it's also if you want to if you want to save salary, Raheem Mostert is kind of sneaky good given how poorly the Bears have performed against the run. Uh, That's why we played Tony Pollard. Outside of him just being Tony Pollard, Bears have allowed now a league high in rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs and 4.8 yards per carry as well. well. Jeff Wilson's an interesting anomaly maybe since he's familiar with Mike McDaniel. Uh, the, the Dolphins have 51% of their carries running back carries have come from 21 personnel. Jeff Wilson has the third most carries from 21 personnel this year because the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan have been running the same system basically. So maybe Wilson gets to speed quicker, but honestly, like with Chase Edmonds gone, if Wilson's slow, we have to read the tea leaves. Um, it's the cheapest Raheem Mostert will basically ever be. And the best opportunity he will have the rest of the year. So I may get there while following the news.
1: You think that uh, he's going to separate himself, Mostert from Wilson? It's like a one in one a kind of thing eventually. I'm not. It would, would.
2: This is strictly uh, an anomaly for this week. Uh, okay, as Jeff As Jeff Wilson gets to speed, rest of season, I bet it's more of a timeshare, and, and Mostert's ceiling is capped.
1: That that's kind of what I feel like too. Like McDonald traded for him for a reason. Um yeah. Rich, what do you have as far? And feel free to give your thoughts on those guys. Else you want to add to the conversation? Yeah,
3: yeah. I had Mostert kind of a short list. Uh, the only really other guy. As dense as like I said, QB was running backs kind of thinner this week. Obviously, we're missing a lot of really good players uh, this week. No Nick Chubb, uh, no Saquon, no Christian McCaffrey. Uh, guys on by. Thankfully, no Najee Harris. Uh, so <laughs> we're we're really thin this week at running back. And we kind of talked about a lot of the guys through the course of our games. And obviously, you know you can always pay for Austin Eckler. Um, the only other guy that kind of still stands out is Ramondre. Even with Damian Harris being back, it looks like he's still gonna be like a it's still gonna be like a sixty forty split like in favor of. Ramondre, he's catching a ton of passes. He's another guy, DraftKings. Why is he not more expensive? Uh, The site that rewards reception points. Yeah. The site that rewards – he has 15 catches the past two games. Like, come
1: on, man. Like, what are we doing? He's 6,200. He hit my cap. I put a cap on it as far as some optimals, and he hit the cap. By the way, you – Yeah. I mean, this is – it's another
3: guy. Like, the site that rewards catch points – I don't
1: think I know who Michael Bandy is, but he's hitting the – No, like a, just delete him from your pool. Yeah. Don't do that. Like, don't okay. do, that. do that. This is super early, and I'm like, why is Michael Bandy a
3: 3.5K prediction? Yeah, you can
1: like, play DeAndre
3: Carter. Like, if you want to play Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter, like, that's cool. Okay, so Bandy is just, just him off the list. He's not the, a uh, player. He's a creative player in Madden. The chargers, the, the chargers. off. He's an MPC, Dean. You can't play him.
2: <laughs> chargers offense is probably popping the most right now. Right. Dean on projections. Um, I think it's the Seahawks. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, okay. uh, well, you know what? It depends,
1: which to be honest, like if I use the RG stuff, it's, it's not the Seahawks. If I use uh Cardi stuff, it's the Seahawks. Okay. And again, it's Wednesday night. So like, you know, grain of salt, Just sort of like,
2: because it is, it is a good spot for the Chargers passing game. But then again, like how many times has it been a good spot for the Chargers passing game? And Justin Herbert's still 25th in depth of target. Uh, the volume's there, but the touchdowns still aren't there. So I don't know. I I, I don't think I'm on the Chargers offense this week, but it, it is Justin Herbert. And given how the injuries shake out, everyone else popping in the models currently.
1: Like Cooper Cup is getting forced in. So like that's the reason why Bandy is – because, you know, salary game
2: mm-hmm. – Um
1: and they like Cooper Cup this week, so that, that's what's going on here, and we'll see. And somebody like a Bandy or some similar cheap player that
2: just kind of pops up. Not Bandy. Never Bandy. <laughs> <laughs> never,
1: never
3: Bandy. I don't know who he is. Has he played this year? Yeah, he came in the, He's he, had a couple good he, catches. Yeah, he came in on the Monday night game when Palmer had the concussion and then they allowed him to come back in. Uh, Bandy came in for a drop, drew a couple targets at that point.
1: Okay. I mean, it sounds like vaguely familiar, but I can't pick him out in the lineup, I don't think, but all right, if not Bandy, uh, Rich, who do, like, who do we like as far as receivers this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I like Chris Godwin
3: a lot. Uh, you know, he has double-digit targets in his past three games. He still doesn't have a touchdown. Eventually, he's going to score a touchdown. Uh, we keep saying maybe Brady will throw touchdowns too, and that hasn't happened. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, over 26% of the team targets the past three games. Where I really like him is him and Mike Evans have really bipolar splits versus man in zone coverage, and the Rams play zone coverage more than any team in the NFL only Tyree Kill and Cooper Cup have been targeted at a higher rate per out run against zone than Chris Godwin. He's still pretty affordable. I think people like played him a little bit. uh, And then they're like, he he didn't really get there those weeks. So like they're kind of, we've kind of just pressed on to other guys, but he's one of those like tweener guys that I do really like a lot. Uh, I do like the chargers guys, obviously, you know, uh, we'll see if AJ Terrell ends up playing in that game. They did trade for Rashard Fenton as well. The Falcons did to kind of try to shore up just having some bodies on the field. Um, But the Chargers are going to drop back and throw. The Chargers can't run the football either. They're another one of these like good, like we want to be presumably good offenses, but they're one dimensional. They can't run the football on any level. Uh, so they're going to be throwing a lot. I mean, Herbert has over 50 dropbacks the past two games. He was not out there. So we get a lot of bleed outs. Uh, DeAndre Carter, I think, is 4,300. Josh Palmer 51. Gerald Everett is, a, I think, a fantastic tight end play, especially mm-hmm. in the context of the slate. Uh, Atlanta is also really terrible at guarding tight ends. So, yeah, all those ancillary Chargers guys, I think, are going to fill a lot of rosters inherently just because they're so cheap. And if Keenan Allen doesn't play, these guys are going to go – like Josh Palmer is going to go real nuts in terms of ownership if Keenan doesn't play. And Oh, the Bengals all- guys too, man. Like that's a flop lag duo. Like there's Ooh. no way those dudes are going to just con- just have games like that like they did on Monday
1: night. Is that just the line? Is that what's going on there? Because Cincinnati – it's the line – and. Uh, I I guess Burrow and I've heard him talk about this before. Like he doesn't care about taking sacks. He's like, what, especially on third down. He's like, what's the big deal? I'm just gonna punt it anyway. Um, but like, does he hold on to the ball a little too long, or it feels like he's always under pressure and uh, always scrambling? And it was disaster Monday night, obviously. It was rough, and they did,
3: and even on the other side, of the ball they just had so many defensive injuries, like it caught up to him. So that game actually could be sneaky fun too. Philip Walker continues to play like he's played the last two weeks. That game could be sneaky. Because the Bengals, they just have a lot of defensive injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Tyler Boyd's a really good play. I wish he was a little bit cheaper, but I do like Tyler Boyd a lot.
1: They pumped him up a little bit, and up to 6'3". Mm-hmm. I feel like he hasn't been that high, I want to say, all season long. Uh, but speaking of that game, John, I think it was you that was telling me. Uh, I was talking uh, Deontay Foreman down a little bit last week just because I thought the running backs were so good. And it's like not that much more you know, to get away from him. And you're like, eh, watch out for Foreman. That guy, man, he was he crushed last week. And he was, you know, he was obviously awesome. And you got me onto some Foreman. So thank you for Well, that.
2: it was – I appreciate it. But it was also only because Chuba Hubbard was out. Uh, Chuba yeah. Hubbard, Hubbard was practicing Wednesday. Foreman wasn't. And we still question, again, like McCaffrey was only only the RB3 in points per game um, with a backfield to himself. What's going to happen when both Hubbard and Foreman are available uh you know that's probably a reason to stay away from foreman this week so we'll see what happens but mm-hmm. like Reeves mentioned Bengals defense banged up it's an amazing spot for DG Moore uh he's actually moved around the field more with Robbie Anderson out the past two games running an increased 43 percent of his routes from the slot and that's where Cincinnati has been beaten for a league high 10.8 yards per target from the slot this year so DJ Moore an amazing spot and then really the only other player to add on is Terry McLaurin because the Vikings have allowed the second highest rate of explosive passing plays this year. And McLaurin has a 25% target share from Taylor Heineke compared to uh, 15% from Carson Wentz. So McLaurin's going to get the ball. John Dotson missed another practice today. I bet he's out again. So pretty condensed target tree. So I, I like McLaurin quite a bit. Pretty good price as well, Five nine on yeah. DK. I don't mind that at all. It's that they're just worried about the Rainmakers dead dead fellas contest. They don't care about the DF salaries anymore. Are you playing the Rainmakers? I, I,
1: have you dabbled uh, in this at all, or
2: you No, no, no. <laughs> like, like like everything else in crypto world, I'm very familiar with what the whales do, uh, but I don't play Rainmakers now.
1: There is uh, some contests. I'm sure you guys noticed this on DK where like they backload like the like if you finish a thousandth like you get a Rainmaker or a Rainmaker pack. And I was trying to figure out. I'm like, is that taking away from the equity of the entire contest or is that like a freebie? They just want to like wet your beak. Just they're giving them away. You I, guys know what I'm talking about,
2: I, I do know what you're talking about, but I also know when you play Devonte Adams over Josh Jacobs, you can't win that pack. So that's as far <laughs> as my knowledge goes. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I, I want to
1: just like, give me the bin cash. I don't want your pack. <laughs> Let me get 30 bucks. Or <laughs> I mean, look, it's great. If, that, if you're in that world, have had it, enjoy yourself. But, My understanding is you kind of sort of have to be all in or all out on that because if you're just dabbling, yeah, it's uh, well, you
2: you build lineups with your cards, so like, like, yeah, so Rich, I don't know if you play, but it's like Madden. I I know you play, I don't play Madden, like ultimate Ultimate, team, ultimate team, yeah, I don't play Madden, ultimate team, but I know what it is because of you and your son, so like it's basically like that, except with real money. Okay, there you you go, he now understands, yeah, all
1: right. Let's knock out some tight ends. We kind of referenced them uh, some throughout the show. Um, Pitts did something last week. He kind of did a thing, right? And again, we talked about tight end, the opportunity cost being pretty low with the absence of Andrews. Uh, if he plays or if he doesn't play, it doesn't matter because he's not in the main slate. Kelsey, again, not in the main slate. We don't know about Waller. Uh, is Kittle not in the main slate? Yeah, no Sam Fran. No, nope, so they're off. Who, who's the highest, like, pro- uh, no, no Goddard? Yeah. Who's the highest projected tight end? Like, just raw points.
2: Is it? Oh, raw points. So, oh,
1: it's. Hold on. I, 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 at least, let me let me probably Ertz or yeah, Pitts, that, right? It's
2: got it, it's, it's, I think I have Ertz. It's got to be, I mean, it's wrong though. It's I got, right. I got Kyle Pitts. Oh, yeah. well, whatever. It's, oh boy. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's,
3: it's a, it's a thin <laughs> week out there. Um, if you're not punting, uh, like I said, I think Gerald Everett's my favorite guy. If you can fit him in, obviously he's not. The cheapest, uh, even on DraftKings, he's 48, so it's not like he's super cheap. But I think he's the best play uh, of all the guys, and I think Evan Ingram is fantastic play on DraftKings. Yeah, three, like three. when you when you pair everything up, we know like if you were just to project targets for all these guys in this DraftKings list, when you look like at this, like Evan Ingram is going to out target all these fools like above that are like above him.
1: We saw Cole Komet get his first touchdown in, like a year and a half or something. Don't right? do it, Dean. i just thought it was worth acknowledging um yeah um you got you got anything john
2: here as far as tight ends no there's there's no tanner hudson of week all these guys are bad pick one yeah it's it's, yeah like hayden hurst is the only one i can get on like the Mm -hmm. the Bengals actually didn't run as many 11 personnel sets as we thought they would with mike thomas as their poor man tyler boyd they instead just leaned on boyd higgins and Hayden Hurst instead, which actually, like Rich was pointing out, makes the target tree much more condensed, which is why the Bengals receivers are an amazing play this week. So, yeah, there's, there's honestly nothing much out there. Uh, Gerald Everett um, and Evan Ingram were at the top of my list as well. I would just note that, you know, the Chargers have run the fifth highest rate of, oh, God, uh, man coverage, and Kyle Pitts... Only 18% of his targets have come against man coverage this year. The rest have come against zone. Like I, I, I genuinely don't think his 32% target share from last week matters. It comes down to, are the Falcons going to throw the ball 28 times again? But given how easily you can run on the Chargers, like, I think we just get old Arthur Smith and just have him running the ball a lot again.
3: Yeah, that game is interesting because what both teams kind of really want to do on offense are what both defenses are completely yeah. horrible at doing. Because yeah. uh, the Chargers only throw, like, within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. And the Falcons are, like, one of the worst defenses on, on short and intermediate throws. And the Chargers can't stop the run. So, like, <laughs> it's like it, it just made up. Like, it just made
1: out for, like, both these teams to, like, kind of do what they want to do uh, inherently. But well, then Atlanta backfield could probably be a mess with, with Patterson. And who knows? He said he's 90%. I think that was the quote which when you say you're 90%, you're not 90%, right? Like I think you're rounding up either you're hundred percent or you're like eh, 82 or something. I don't know. You're not 90. I don't think who knows, but um yeah, then Eckler might catch 12 more passes, which will be a lot of fun. Not,
2: not 90%. And also it's the fact that like the Falcons running backs don't get targets. Uh, Tyler <laughs> Algier had three last week, but literally has five total since week two. Like they do not throw to the running backs. Even Cordero Patterson after week one only had two total targets before he got injured. And so like we're going back to the the Jeff Wilson players where and the Ken Walkers, the poor man's Ken Walkers, where you need rushing touchdowns. Otherwise, they just won't get there.
1: Well, I guess that's the that's the show. Like we're supposed to finish on a high note. We did not.
2: I, I think I actually think the theme of the show is always saying we're supposed to finish on a high note, but we will not. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely uh that's more consistent than finishing on a high note.
1: I want to, we're going to do tight ends and then receivers next week. I think. Yes, yeah. actually that's a good call. That's the strategy. <laughs> but just so, because otherwise, you know, and then we'll, we'll close on Michael Bandy. I think that's what we'll, we'll close it out. Okay, like, her, calm down. down. NBA, NBA, oh, yeah. NPC, Michael Bandy. <laughs> Rich, uh, tell the people where they can find you as far as all the socials. Yeah, or at Lord Reeves on Twitter, sharpfootballanalysis.com.
3: We're made it. We're halfway, halfway point this week, guys. There you go.
1: Week Week nine's down. Well, yeah, 18. We might do playoffs, Rich. So I, I don't know. The math might be a little fuzzy. That's okay. Cool. Those are fun, I mean, Those are just, those are, those are gravy. John?
2: I, I can't wait for Thanksgiving short slate to do this show. It's always the best. It's always the most fun. Uh, 44.com, you know. And also, I can guarantee you that if you DM me on Twitter, at Naj Daigle, I can get you at least 50% off a sub. I can guarantee it because it happened last week post this show. And I got a coupon code specially made for people. So sliding them DMs. Half the season is left. A lot of football is left for these bags under my eyes to get even heavier. So <laughs> well, take this. Yeah, wait till it's the dark at five o'clock. <laughs> Don't remind me. I'm about to get depressed. Take the discounts. <laughs> Let me keep drinking old fashions depressed while you at least put money in my pocket, please. So I'll get you a code. <laughs>
1: Fun show, boys, nine weeks down, nine to go, possibly some playoffs, possibly. Well, for sure, that Thanksgiving show, I assume. Uh, that was the NFL Pick 6 Show sponsored by Thrive. That was Rich and John and producer Steve on behalf of Roto-Grinders. I was Dean on behalf of Michael Bandy. Shout out to Michael Bandy. <laughs> Rocco's country. Let's ride. Win some money this week. We're out of here. Holler. Michael <laughs>